Welcome to the 13th grade. We're so happy to have you join us for this class on personal finance and home buying. Over the course of four weeks, you'll hear from a real estate agent, a financial coach, and personal accounts of purchasing a home and keeping a budget. All things so many of us would have benefited from before graduating high school. So whether you're joining us before your high school graduation or you're like me and still figuring things out in your 30s, get ready to learn something. Welcome to the 13th Grade Podcast, the show where we learn the things no one taught us in school. I'm your host, Rebecca Burrow, and class is in session. Hi, thank you for joining us on the 13th Grade Podcast. We are here with our guest, Hilary Blaha, today, who is a realtor in Southern California. And I'm really excited to hear from her and hear from her experience and learn how in our many different stages of life that wherever we may be as uh, listeners, we can learn some things about how to make wise choices to be able to one day own a home. Hillary, I would love to turn it over to you and let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're at. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So as Rebecca said, I'm Hillary Blaha. I've been in real estate now for the last 15 years. I'm a working mama. I have two kids, a 13-year-old daughter and a um, 11-year-old son. And just love to share a little bit about how I got here and, and you know, things to help our listeners out with the goal of homeownership. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for being here with us today. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that story? Uh, what led you to real estate and why were you interested in this and kind of how did you end up doing what you're doing? Sure. So I actually have have worked since I was 16 and it, I've always been very customer service based in a variety of um, fields from retail to property management. It wasn't until we bought our first home that I realized I wanted to become a realtor. At that time in our life, not only was I in, enjoying my job of I, I managed apartment rentals, and so that was really fun. But what what I didn't enjoy was the conformity of the day, how each day was exactly the same. And I really wanted to start a family. And so I decided, you know, in the experience that we had in purchasing our first home, which I can can tell you guys a little bit about why the timing just worked out great. You know, it just seemed like that was the right thing to do. So let me backtrack a little. We we bought our first home while I was working property management, and it was a pretty terrible experience, but a learning experience, actually. I learned a lot about the process and how the process could be better. At the same time, I also realized that I really wanted to start a family. And so Mm -hmm. being a realtor would allow me to set my own hours, if you will, and and be flexible to raise a family. So that's that's how I got started. That's great. Yeah. And I can definitely relate. As an entrepreneur, I can relate to not wanting the monotony of the day-to-day nine-to-five job and also being able to have the flexibility to start a family. So it makes a lot of sense. You mentioned the the first, you know, when you bought a home was not a great experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about what happened and why it wasn't a great experience? 
Absolutely. So we bought our first home with every penny we had saved. And it was a 1960s, what we thought to be cosmetic fixer, had blue carpet, you know, cottage cheese ceilings, pink bathroom tile. None of that scared us. We, we were all in ready to roll up our sleeves and tackle those projects as we could. But unfortunately, we we got as far as you know scraping ceilings and and getting ready to lift up those those that blue carpet and upon doing so the hardwood floors that were disclosed to us that were supposed to be lying underneath that carpet had been eaten away by termites these were subterranean termites oh, no. uh, the house had been tented and we you know we thought we had cleared all of that but learned something that day and that subterranean termites come, you know, in from underground and and then they retreat back. And so they they are not gotten rid of through a house tenting. We had no idea that that any of that existed and they were actually coming through significant cracks in our foundation. And so it was kind of a a two-part problem. Um, We had, you know, huge cracks in our foundation, which meant our house was really unsettled. And then obviously we had these termites. So we got rid of the the critters and then we were left with a home with exposed concrete and really big cracks that were a bit dangerous for us. So so that was a bummer because what had been disclosed to us in the sales process was something completely different, you know, and we we were strapped at that point. We we didn't have a budget to, you know, rip out our foundation and put in a whole new one. So instead we we lived in one bedroom there for a bit until we could earn some equity in the home, pulled out some equity and, and did our home improvements. You know, there, there was the opportunity, obviously, to seek legal action when, in that process of non-disclosure, which is so much more that I know now than I knew then. Right. But we just wanted our first home. It was important to us. We had saved for a really long time and we really just, we wanted to enjoy our first home. So Instead, we we once again roll up our sleeves and and took the funds that we now had earned through, you know, home prices and home values raising. We now had some equity that we could withdraw from the home and and fix it up, and that's what we did. And it it worked out for us, but it definitely had its challenges, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What it's interesting to me that instead of that scaring you away from real estate altogether, it actually inspired you to dig more into it and make a career out of it to, you know, to be able to help others avoid that problem. So I, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your work and kind of like if you've ever seen, I guess, in doing so, you know, being able to help people navigate those challenges. Absolutely. So in our experience, we, you know, the first person we thought to call upon discovery was our realtor, right? And our realtor said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that, but there's nothing I can do. And mm-hmm. and that was really disheartening. And then we were actually brought into the brokerage where our realtor worked and asked if we were going to sue them rather than, hey, how can we help? What can we do? And wow. so- yeah, it really, it shifted, it shifted perspective. I think that that really helped me to see, you know, big picture and, and know that I wouldn't want this to happen to anyone else having lived through it. So 
Yeah. So that said, I am, you know, I am on my 15th year of making sure that doesn't happen to my clients. I really focus on communication and education. I, I really walk my clients through each and every step and make sure that, that they're making these educated decisions as they go along through the home buying process or home selling process. So it's worked, you know, I think in the end, had we known the information in advance, we may have negotiated maybe a better price, but we wouldn't have been blindsided. And so that's really how I work my business is I never want anyone to be blindsided. It's important to be aware of things and, you know, achieve everyone's goals. And so when I work with my clients, I'm very goal focused like that. That is why I'm doing what I do is because they've, they've contacted me and said, look, you know, I'd really like to sell my home and move here, or, you know, I'd really like to buy my next house. And so that's Mm -hmm. my number one focus is how do we get them there? You know, how do we, how do we get them to their goal successfully? So I've really focused on that throughout my career. That's great. What are some of the things that you love most about what you do? I love that I can be a mama. I love that the industry (laughs) keeps me on my toes. I thrive off change. So for all those things, and and I love meeting people's goals. I mean, I am so fortunate to not wait to December 25th to have Christmas every year. I literally um, feel the excitement of Christmas morning every time I hand off keys or every time I hear the (laughs) magic words, you know, that we, that we recorded, we closed to me, it means that, that all that hard work, you know, we've achieved together and and we've met what they were looking for. And so that really keeps me going, that excitement and thrill of being able to, to get there each and every time makes me really love my job. I love those smiles at the end, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's very rewarding. We are going to take a quick break. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your bio. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dig it more into the tips side of real estate. Sounds great. In a year with so many unknowns and a surprisingly busy year for the housing market, you'll want a real estate team that takes the stress out of the home buying or selling process. Hillary Blaha, Southern California real estate agent, and her team are patient, hardworking, and love being able to help their clients fulfill their real estate goals. If you've been looking for a better home office or more outdoor space, because let's keep it real, who knows when life will ever go back to normal? The Hillary Blaha real estate team is your answer. You do the dreaming, Hillary and team will take care of the rest. Find out more at hillaryblaha.com. Are you a leader or interested in developing your leadership abilities? On March 18th, Repurpose Your Purpose is hosting an interactive online event to deepen your ability to be, relate, and connect with others. This event, titled Presence and Purpose, will last 90 minutes and will not be recorded to create a space where attendees can safely share with each other. You can choose to join at 9 a.m. or 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Find all the details at bit.ly slash presence 21 or visit repurposeyourpurpose.com to find out more information. All right. Welcome back. We are here with Hilary Blaha, who is a realtor in Southern California, and we're going to dig into getting some of her advice on home ownership and home purchasing. Hilary, I'd love for you to talk me through 
just a couple of different circumstances for buying a home. I'll kind of give you like scenarios Mm -hmm. and what pointers you can give because we're all, you know, our listeners are at very different stages of life. And so Mm -hmm. I would just love to hear from you about what pointers you can give along the way. To start off, I would love to know what you think about kids, basically, young people, you know, just graduating college, maybe going to grad school, they're definitely not going to be buying a home within the next year. But what are some things that they can start doing today to kind of look to a, a longer term future, maybe in the next 10 to 15 years being able to purchase a home? Absolutely. Two major components to being able to qualify for a home loan is having good credit and having a a nice savings, you know, funds to be able to make your down payment and your closing costs. And so some advice that I would give to young adults or college students looking to establish those things is start with looking at what you spend. And I'm talking about just taking a piece of, of notepad paper and a pen and literally just jotting down, you know, what, what are your utilities costing and, you know, how much are you spending on going out to eat? I mean, obviously during COVID it's a little bit different, but, but food in general, like what, what does that look like? And just understanding what, what kind of money you're spending out and what are you bringing in each month? And that way, you know, you know, can I, can I put a hundred dollars aside a paycheck or, you know, a couple hundred or even 50 bucks that will grow over time and make a significant difference. But being able to put those monies aside with the ultimate goal of buying a home is, is an incredible place to start. My second bit of advice would be, you know, get a credit card. And when you are, you know, going out to eat or, at the grocery store or whatever, you know, pay for it on there, but really reflect on your budget to make sure that you're still staying within your budget. Credit cards mm-hmm. really easy to, to spend, you know, beyond our means. But if you can stay within your budget, pay on a credit card and pay it off every month. Now you're building your credit and you're saving and you know, you know, your numbers. So I would say, you know, these things are pretty pretty easy to start and they'll make a huge difference in the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I learned after college, I thought that student loans would help build your credit and apparently they don't really help too much. So that credit card advice is really, really helpful. Yes. Yes. And getting those paid off, you know, if you really know your numbers in and out, you can set those monies aside to try to pay those off. I can't tell you how many transactions I'm in where the lender says, you know, all right, you know, they're qualified, but they've got to pay off the student loan. Kind of being on that mission to get those things out of the way and also build a savings is very helpful. And now kind of looking a little bit, you know, farther down the road, somebody like myself, where I have a a young baby, I'm married and I don't have a lot saved and I have decent credit. What what kind of advice mm-hmm. would you give to somebody like me? Again, it's probably I'm probably not going to be able to buy a house within the next year, but like what are some more aggressive steps I might be able to take to be to look at home ownership in the next right. you know, well, in the short I mean, term? You'd be surprised. 
Yeah, you'd be surprised at the loan programs that are out there. In fact, I've just learned mm-hmm. of one that is 3% down. So oftentimes people, it's a kind of a misnomer. People think that they need the full 20% of whatever price home they're purchasing to buy the house, right? That's a lot of money. Um, especially with prices as expensive as they are. So it's a total misnomer. Credit unions, big bank institutions like Bank of America and Chase, you can actually do as little as 3% and still be conventional financing, which is the same loan program as a 20% uh, loan. So that's really good information. There is also a loan program an FHA loan in which you can put as little as three and a half percent down. And so those numbers become far more in reach. And Mm -hmm. I did just learn to go back. I did learn about this program through Bank of America. It's 3% down. And depending on the geographic area you purchase is whether or not the home will qualify for this program, but it's 3% down. And then Bank of America will give you a grant of $10,000 towards your down payment, and then a $7,500 closing cost credit. So they're ultimately giving you $17,500 just for using their loan, which is huge. Yeah, there is, you know, a max income qualifier. You can't earn more than $115,000 a year, but it's it's amazing, and they're very competitive in their interest rates. And not to get off tangent, but... You know, when you're buying a home, we talk about how you need to save money and have your down payment and be able to afford your closing costs. But interest rates also play a huge factor. The reason our real estate market is thriving right now with buyers is our interest rates are in the twos. Two percent means you're going to you're going to be able to afford more and you're also going to pay down your home loan faster and give less money to the bank in interest. So buyers are winning right now in that regard. Even though prices are high, buyers are totally winning. When I purchased my first home, interest rates were 6% and on the rise. They went all the way up to 9. That was huge. So that makes a significant difference. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's something that I mean, I don't really understand a lot about and I think it's it's helpful to know all the different components of what goes into purchasing a home. A couple other kind of people groups that came up when we were brainstorming for this podcast was what and maybe this is the same t- thing as first-time home buyers, but is there mm-hmm. any different advice for immigrant families or families that are new to the area and looking to plant roots? Maybe they don't have you know, they're starting from zero, basically no credit and maybe they came with savings, but what should they do? Uh, I mean, same, same, you know, same advice as far as, you know, building credit. Now, if they can't qualify for, you know, a credit card, maybe they will qualify to lease a car or, you know, just different little ways to just start, start building credit so that they're they're on the map and able to have that component in place so that they can they can seek out home ownership. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Just be creative about how you can build credit. Mm-hmm. What I do want to add too though is along with, you know, creating your own handwritten budget or be fancy and go in Excel, you know, there are lender resources. I work with a lot of lenders who say to me, 
have them talk to me. I'll help them create a, a three to five year plan, you know, of what they need to pay down and what they need to do to get there. And so those resources are free and also available. Oh, that's good to know too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think you'll provide some things that we can share with our listeners too in the show notes for this so yes. we can um, help people with some of those resources. I am also interested in learning a little bit about people that let's say like a couple from New York or something that's rented for their whole lives or even in LA that's rented forever. And, you know, they're in their forties or fifties and they're all of a sudden buying a home. What's something that might be surprising to them in that transition? So I, I joke, I mean, we basically write a novel when we're, when we're in the sales process, there's, there's a lot of paperwork to cover and it's important to know what you're signing read through what you're signing and have a realtor on your side. That's going to help you understand and explain these things because it is a lot of legal addenda that if read on your own can get confusing. So I really pride myself personally on, on walking clients through that part because there's a lot to know a lot of big decisions to make in the process. And so you know, it's important to feel like these, once again, these decisions are are happening because they're educated decisions. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part and know that there's ups and downs in the home buying process. It is a slew of emotions. It's the excitement of finding the home that you really like and putting in that offer. It's possibly the letdown that you were one of eight offers and you didn't get that home. It's picking yourself back up and trying again. It's going through the inspection and the disclosure process and realizing the home may have some kinks and twists that you didn't expect. But what does that mean? What's that going to cost you? What does that look like in the long term? You know, so there's a lot of excitement, a lot of trials and tribulations. But once again, having someone on your side that you can rely upon is important, you know, to guide you through that. So that's that's certainly the the home buying process. Selling is very you know, can be very similar. You know, you've, you've taken a lot of pride in your, in your home and you're getting ready to sell it. And, and someone makes you an offer and you realize that, you know, you feel like they're discounting your home. So there's just, there's a Mm. lot of emotion, but I, I always do preface to my clients that please don't take it personal. You know, they don't know you. They don't, it's not a personal thing. These are still business transactions, if you will. I mean, ultimately it's a very personal decision to buy a home and sell a home, but these, these are not personal attacks on you. You know, they're just things that, that we work through. But it makes sense that it would feel that way. Something that you've put, you know, your heart and soul into for however many years, it definitely makes sense that it might feel personal. Totally. And then, you know, to piggyback off of, you know, after close of escrow, you've got keys, you've, you've gone into the home and now the dishwasher breaks and you're like, wait, we had our home inspection. Why it was working fine. Why did it break? You know, homes need a lot of maintenance. Overall, Mm -hmm. they're going to need maintenance. And so in a rental situation, you know, Sometimes the arrangement is that someone takes care of that for you. Well, now you're responsible. What does that look like, right? So so just knowing that that there's a lot of moving working parts to home ownership and being ready to tackle those. And if you're not handy, that's okay. Having, you know, someone in your back pocket, that is. Right. I often get calls for, do you know someone? Do you know mm-hmm. someone who does flooring, who can fix my dishwasher, who 
you know, an electrician, a plumber. So I am a resource for that as well, because you may or may not need those people. And you want, you know, again, you want more people on your side that you can trust. And so, yeah, that's, it's important to know that, that it's going to take a little love and care and um, things may not be perfect, but you know, it's still worth it in the long haul. It's so awesome to, to paint your wall blue and know that you don't have to paint it white when you sell. It's your house. Right. You know, if you, if you want to do that, it's yours and, and there's nothing more special than making it your own. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Cause I was just going to ask you a little bit more about that. Well, what's the, what's the upside? Right. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. Totally. It's yours. And you know, there's so many restrictions in the rental situation. And so it's so nice. If you want to cut that bush down because you just don't like the look of it, go for it. Like it's, it's yours. And sweat equity is a lot like weekend warrior projects. There's so many cool DIYs and things on Pinterest that frankly, a lot of people can tackle these home projects on their own and they're fairly low budget. You know, big, big changes can happen to a home on a small budget. So it's just, it's yeah. pretty cool. Absolutely. And that kind of um, brings us to the next topic I was going to ask you about. What are some trends that you've seen specifically this year because of the Mm -hmm. pandemic? And I think one that I've seen even just on social media is those weekend warrior projects or Mm -hmm. everybody's at home. So you might as well beautify where you're staying all day. But what are some other trends you've seen? Well, I've particularly had a lot of clients say to me, I'm tired of looking at these four walls. They've actually said that to me. They they want a yard. They want more size. They don't want to be directly connected to their neighbors anymore in their condo or townhome. And so I am seeing a lot of upsizing, you know, a lot of move up buyers. On the flip side, I am also seeing a lot of longtime clients um, who've been in their home, you know, 10, 20, 30 years decide they want to move out of state. They want to take their equity and rather than apply it to, you know, buy a new home that's bigger and has more things that they want. And they're going to take their equity and move out of state. Places like Idaho, Arizona, Texas, Mm -hmm. they're all on our radar right now. And they are, those clients are able to then purchase a home for cash. You know, they're making so much money off their home right now because they owe so little because they've owned it for so long that they're able to take those funds, buy something all cash and maybe retire. So I've, it's been, it's been an interesting mix of the two, but exciting for all. Yeah. Yeah. This year has definitely forced a lot of change on people. And I think in, in a lot of the cases you're talking about, it's like some really nice silver lining of a interesting year to say the least. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's been a lot of people who maybe have thought about these things for a couple of years. So, cause I, I'm asked a lot, why, why is the real estate market so hot amidst everything that's going on? You know, the world's, you know, so much is going on. How is real estate thriving? And and literally, this is why we're thriving. People are seeking change and reevaluating their lifestyle and, you know, and we're able to, to get them to that next step. So. Yeah, that's really exciting. That must be something fun for you to watch and be witness to. It's so fun. A lot of my sellers, you know, I've in, and we think we talked earlier about disclosures I mean, we're having conversations about the 94 earthquake. They've been there 
so long. I, it's been years since I've talked about the 94 earthquake here in Southern wow. California, but these are disclosures we're doing because, you know, they, they lived through it. They own the home then. And so it's, it's a cool experience for sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, we are kind of wrapping up here at And so before I let you go, I do want to ask, this is a show for lifelong learners. And so I'd love to know a few things that you've learned throughout your career and life that you wish you would have known sooner, like maybe things you didn't learn in school that you would wish you would have known. Absolutely. The biggest thing for me is I would say just creating a plan, which not just flying by the seat of my pants, but just really really creating a plan and sticking to it in life and also being decisive. I think, you know, when you're younger, in your 20s, even 30s, you know, you're still seeking to please everyone and and figure out how it works best for everyone in your life and you come to realize a little bit later which which is I think is where the stage that I'm at where where you realize, you know, you need to to really focus on being decisive, making, making decisions and feeling good about them and knowing that you're working with good intentions and not having to overthink things or worry about what others are going to think of you. That's, that's huge. Is that kind of answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah. That's really helpful. And I think you're right. It does take a lot of us a long time to learn those lessons. Yes. Yes, but I, I I would love to teach my kids these lessons now, you know, because I think there's there's too many years in there where you're you're caught up in the minutia of all of the others, you know, being concerned about, you know, making the right decision and what will what will everyone think of you, you know, if you totally. do this. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So make a plan and stick to it and yes. make decisions and stick to them. And make this and don't feel bad about them. There's no second yeah. guessing yourself, you know, work with intent. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the conversations um, that we'll have on this podcast is about being comfortable with failure. And I think that's part of it. It's like you make your decision, stick to it. And mm-hmm. there's really no such thing as absolute failure because you can always try again. So um. absolutely. I really like that you said that because actually I remind myself every day to pick myself up from rejection. Anyone who has worked in sales knows that rejection is just part of the job. And so I have to, I, every day, I mean, even 15 years in, I have to remind myself to, to pick myself back up and, and start again with a good attitude and not let it get me down and put me in, you know, a dark place where now I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to do anything. That's a really important life lesson. And I don't know if any of our listeners are religious, um, but someone said this to me recently and it kind of stuck with me and it was God's rejection is God's protection. And, Mm. you know, for those who, who believe in God, it's, it's pretty awesome to think about that, that though, you know, maybe just things weren't meant to be, that wasn't your path and that's okay. You, You know, start again, like that rejection, maybe it just wasn't meant for you, you know? And so, yeah. I, that's just, it's really, it's really stuck with me throughout this year. Yeah, that's, it's really good advice for this year, if, um, in particular. Definitely. Um, Well, 
thank you so much for all of your tips, Hillary. I wish we could, you know, spend more time. There's so much more to dig into on this. So with that being said, where can people find you and follow you if they are looking for more resources and more advice? Absolutely. I am on Instagram. Hillary Blaha Realtor is my handle. I'm on Facebook. I am available by phone, email. Happy to to share that. And yeah, I'm if you Google my name, you'll find me um, super accessible and and ready to have any conversation with anyone that's that needs, you know, some guidance and just someone to talk to about any of this. Great. Thank you so, so much, Hillary. And we will definitely be sending listeners your way if they have any questions. Thank you. Thank you so much. The 13th Grade Podcast is a production of Knit Marketing. Music written and performed by Adewale Williams and Yusef Blake. Sound engineering and editing by Jackson Buhosh. Thank you for joining us and be sure to hit subscribe and leave us a review. See you next class.